0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church and welcome to our podcast. I wanna thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, So today, we're gonna talk about two very unique topics. Um, Number one, we're gonna talk about uh, deceived, and then we're gonna talk about heaven. You're like, how do those two things go together? I promise you, I'll bring it together. Okay? We're in this series called Forever, and we're talking about eternity, okay? Pretty big deal, okay? Holds a lot of weight. When you die, you're gonna go either to heaven and spend eternity with Jesus, or you're gonna die and you're gonna go to hell and spend forever in the lake of fire. Pretty weighty, okay? Now, I want you to have a total joy and confidence because you are in a relationship with Jesus. And when you're in a relationship with Jesus, you have no worries about these things, none. I never ever go to bed at night thinking like, oh, if I die tonight, where will I go? I know exactly where I go. I will be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have a lot of people in this day and time in this culture that are deceived. They think they're in relationship with Jesus and they're really not. And it's so interesting that in America, (laughs) my heart just breaks to see so many people that think Think, think, and believe that they are okay, but they're just truly deceived. Just like we watched in this video, right? She thought, like, what's wrong with this? This is nothing wrong with this. I've known these people. I've had these relationships. You're the problem, right? No, 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 no. She was deceived. So we're gonna we're gonna take a, a really really great look at this today. So come on, let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would come. With the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you're the one who reveals and teaches and brings truth. And Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you'd bring your truth, but you'd also bring joy today and bring peace and grace to us. Holy Spirit, lead and guide and direct and reveal this to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah? Oh, you're like, oh, I know, I know, I know. Last week, Felt a little bit like this, but hey, listen, like I said, Jesus is coming, and the Lord is preparing His church. okay? Jesus is coming, and the Lord is preparing His church. Okay, um, let me put up a picture real quick. This is Luke and Ben, okay? <laughs> this was a this was a long time ago, but I promise you nothing has changed, okay? This is Luke and Ben's relationship, okay? Uh, Ben does something to make Luke cry or angry and Ben laughs at him, okay? (laughs) All right, this is an ongoing thing in our house, okay? So the other day, uh, Luke um, in our living room um, basically has a basketball court. He has a little tyke's hoop that's up unless you come over to our house and we put it away, okay? And uh, he loves playing with it and... um, and Ben comes in, he's just like, um, he's like a bowling ball. He's just like, you know what I mean? And he just like runs into Luke and pushes him, you know what I mean? Steals the ball, you know what I mean? And then goes and like does a shot. And when this happens, okay, It is like all the fury and rage of hell comes out of Luke, okay? I mean, he's very much like me in this sense. You can see it in his eyes. So the other day, Ben does this and Luke just goes, I mean, just, like, screams a bloody murder. And you can see in his eyes, like, he is going to kill Ben someday, okay? When he is big enough, he is going to murder him someday. And he takes the ball, and he throws it at his head, and he's yelling at him, Leave me alone. This is my ball. You know what I mean? And so Jess gets mad at Luke. Luke, you can't act this way. You can't treat your brother this way. Me, I get mad at, at Ben, I'm like, Ben, you're huge. You can't knock him over like this. You can't do this to him all the time, okay? So I see in Luke, he's about to have this moment, he's been doing this, this is a new thing, okay? He'll like, have you ever been so mad that you're like crying, but you're like angry at the same time, okay? So Luke is like so angry, he's got like tears streaming down his face, and he's going up the stairs like this. And I'm like, get back over here, okay? And so he stomps back down the stairs and he comes over to me and he's laying next to me. He goes, mom is mean. (laughs) That's what he said. He said, mom is mean. And then she said, said, he said, mom is wrong. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. We have some deep feelings right now, okay? We're in our feelings, okay? And I just had to take a little moment and I said, no, mom is not mean, mom is not wrong. And I, and I said to him, I said, just because mom corrects something doesn't mean that mom doesn't love you and that mom is mean. Amen? Just because mom corrects something. And I think a lot of times we think that when Sometimes when the word of the Lord or the spirit of the Lord comes and he corrects something, we think that like God is angry, he's mad at us, and he doesn't love us. And that's not the truth at all. The reality was that Luke was deceived in that moment. He was deceived to believe that Jess is being mean. No, Jess isn't being mean, Just is looking out for their relationship long-term, right? He, she's looking out for our family dynamics long-term that someday we don't get to the place when, you know, Ben is, you know, 25 and Luke is 20 and Luke actually has a knife in his hand, you know what I mean? He's like, I'm gonna kill you, you know what I mean? He was deceived in that moment. So we're gonna look at this idea of deceived. So the meaning of deceived means this, someone who is believing something that's not true. Now, I get it, truth in today's day and time is relative, and it's relative really to what? What people feel and what people want. Super strange, right? There's no absolute truth. There's no absolute place in the world that they say, hey, this is absolute truth. They twist truth whenever they wanna bend it to fit their agenda, their motives, whatever they feel. Okay, But we know, as followers of Jesus, what is truth? It is God's word, okay? It is God's word, and you and I, all of us, are held accountable to what? God's word, his truth, not our feelings, not our emotions, okay? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three says, for although we live in this natural realm, and we do not wage war in a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Isn't that interesting how the Bible says as humans, the way that we get our way is by manipulating other people. Okay? Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively disarm the defenses behind which people hide. Okay, so what, what do people hide behind? Okay? I'm gonna tell you, it's the lies of the enemy. Okay, people hide behind these lies, their false truths, being deceived. Like what? Love is love, right? Love is love. Well, not really. If we really define what love is, we define love through the idea, biblically standing, that Jesus is love, that Jesus laid down his life, that he is the picture of love, okay? And so, love is Jesus, and love is God our Father, and whatever Jesus and God our Father has determined what love is, that is what true love is, right, but we, people stand behind lies, or people stand behind lies like this, I am who I am. I would say this all the time, I, this is just who I am, it's how I grew up, I am who I am. What, what, is, what are we really saying? I'm standing, I'm using this as a front for my bad behavior. Right? I don't wanna fix the things in my life. I don't wanna fix my attitudes. I don't wanna fix my mouth. I don't wanna fix these things in my heart. I don't wanna fix things. So I'm gonna say, this is just who I am. It's just a lie. It's a false truth where you're deceived, right? Or I just have to follow my heart, right? Yeah, follow the same heart that takes you to skyline all the time and you know that that's a, not a good day for you, okay? All right? All right, verse, verse five, okay? We demolish every depraved fantasy that opposes God. So any false truth that's out there that deposes God is a fantasy and we we gotta destroy it. We break through every argument of attitude that raises up in defense of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bows in obedience to Jesus. So you are going to have thoughts, you are going to have feelings, you are going to have emotions that don't, don't live in the realm of the kingdom of God. So what do we do with those things? We're gonna have to destroy those things. So this is Luke, uh, this is a picture of Luke now, okay? Um, I call him my mini-me, okay? Uh, outside of the face, he's just in the face, but we have the exact same body We and, and we just, we're like, the same person, okay, like I love it, like he like watches whole entire basketball games with me, like, like we're BFF buddies, okay, we just, we just love sports, he loves competition, we, we're, so we've been watching a lot of the NBA playoffs, and it's been really good, there's been a lot of really great games, and um, one of the things though that I've been noticing like during the NBA playoffs is like, every other commercial is a beer commercial, like every other one. And there's this one, it's a Modell's commercial, okay? And the idea of this Modell's commercial is like, your reward for your hard work, your reward for your day, your reward for your life is that like, oh man, it's a Modell's beer. Like, oh, it's the end of the day, man, you and your buddies, man, it's a Modell's beer. You're at home with your family, Oh, it's a Modell's beer. We keep seeing this like commercial and and Luke asked this question, he said, why is that the reward? Great question, right? So we had to have a conversation, okay, about what? That beer is not your reward. But we live in a culture and we've been trained our entire life that, oh man, you, gotta, you work really, really hard and then your reward to this life is you get to go home and slam a few beers. Right? This is, a, look, what did I have to do in that moment? I had to break down this false, fantasy that the enemy projects in front of us all the time that, hey, listen, I know life is stressful, I know it's overwhelming, I know that you're, you're overwhelmed, but here, just, just have a Model's beer, everything will be all right. Gosh, you're all like, I'm never coming back to the church. <laughs> and l- listen, look, I'm gonna tell you, people ask me this all the time, what's your stance on drinking? I don't drink because the Holy Spirit asked me not to. Okay, I had a conversation a long time with the Holy Spirit about this. I have an addictive personality, okay? And as an addictive personality, I have to stay away from some things. I'm not gonna allow that to overtake my life. I'm not gonna get up here someday and go, hey, listen, I'm sorry, I can't leave this church because I have an alcohol issue, right? But we have, to, we have to make sure that we're not allowing the world and the world's agenda and the world's thoughts to do what? To deceive us, okay? All right, so today we're gonna to talk about three different parts of the Bible that should really shake you. Okay, that should really get your attention as we talk about this idea of deceiving. I promise you at the end, it will be light and fluffy and rainbows and butterflies and it's gonna be awesome, I promise you, okay, I promise you. All right, just just stay with me, okay? Because there was four people in the Bible that knew Jesus personally, spent time with Jesus, saw God firsthand, watch miracles did life with God or Jesus and all of them were deceived all of them were deceived so number 1 is this is the devil okay he's an archangel right this is where he started his life he's a worship leader in heaven okay he's a he he was so glorious that God made instruments inside of his body okay he got to sit at the throne of God, usher in the presence of the Lord. He was the worship leader in heaven, okay? Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13 says this, but you said in your heart, remember last week when we talked about Proverbs, what's in your heart will flow out, okay? So every choice you have in your life, let me make this real abundant, every choice you make in your life all is a heart issue. It's either gonna come from a place where your heart is right before the Lord. And listen, not every choice that I make is perfect. Let me make this abundantly clear. There are many times I make choices out of my flesh. Okay, so I'm not up here throwing rocks and stones at you. Okay, We're all in this together, but they're all heart issues. He said, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on a mount of assembly in the remote parts of the north. I will ascend above the highest of the clouds. I will make, my, I will make myself like, what? The most high God. So, so here's the language of deceived, okay? The language of deceived, you heard it five different times. You heard I, 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 I right? The language of deceived is always, I'm going to do this. I will do this. I will make this happen. I will, you know, bring this to pass. I, right? What is the enemy really saying? He's saying, what do we need God for? I can be my own God, right? Isn't that what culture is saying right now? Like, what do we need God? What do we need morality? What do we need these archaic thoughts and these archaic ways? We don't need this anymore. Why? Because we're our own God. We can do it our own way. The language of deceived. He was deceived, okay? It was all about him. So I want you to ask this question to yourself, okay? How much of my time, my energy, my finances, and my passions are spent solely on me or my family? Let me, let me ask that again. How much of your time, your energy, your finances, and your passions, and let me make this abundantly clear, because a lot of times in church we go, well, I'll give my time because I don't want to give my finances or I'll give my energy because I don't wanna give my passion. We, We flip flop things, no, 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 no. How much of your time, your energy, your finances, your passion are solely on you? It'll give you a really great indicator. Is it all about you? Are you teaching your kids? It's all about us. How are we living our life? Are we deceived that, and and listen, let me make this abundantly clear too. Look, I'm not saying that you gotta pray 24 hours a day, and I'm not saying that you have to give every dime that you have to the Lord. I'm not saying those things. Let's be really clear, okay? But what I am saying is this, that you make sure that in your personal life and in your family, you go, yeah, there is time that we give to the Lord. There is time that we serve. There is, there is finances that we sow. There is energy that we give. It is not about us. We're not raising our children with this idea that isn't about us. It's about other people, and it's about other people finding Jesus, and it's about living for Jesus, and it's about living for him. It's not about the ecosystem of the workmeister family. The ecosystem of the workmeister family is about other people, yeah. amen? I know, this is, this, is, this is tough. The second person that was deceived was Judas, one of the 12 disciples, right? Spent three years with Jesus, intimately knew him. Matthew 26, verse 14, it says this, Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest and he asked him, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? and they gave him 30 pieces of silver, and from that moment on, Judas was looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. I want you to think about this. Judas saw some of the greatest miracles that have ever been performed on the earth. He saw Jesus not feed, I know it was 5,000 men, but you're really talking about 20, 25,000 people. He saw Jesus multiply and feed all of them. Judas saw Lazarus come forth from the tomb. Jesus saw, Judas saw Jesus heal people with leprosy. G, Judas saw P- Jesus heal people who were lame and could not walk, Judas, listen, I, I think we have this idea that like, gosh, if I could just see a miracle, right? If I could just see, I would have this proof, this, this proof in my heart that, that I know that God is real and that Jesus exists. If I, could just, if I could just see something. Well, I'm telling you, Judas saw something for three straight years. Yeah. And yet he was what? Deceived, deceived by what? Money. This is why Jesus said you can't serve money and God. (laughs) See, you, you think that God's like trying to rob you. No, God is trying to free you, okay? He's trying to free your heart. It's this place in your heart that you're like, no, money is not my God, Jesus is my God. He is my God, he is my provider, he is my way. Listen. Judas was deceived by what? The passions of this life. John chapter 2, verse 15 says, don't love this world and the things it offers you. What do you love? What do you love? And look, (laughs) all right, there it is, Lord, okay. Remember the rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus, and he says, hey, how do I have eternal life? Right, and what was Jesus' response? Sell everything, come follow me, right? He said, sell everything, come follow me. What did the rich young ruler's response back to Jesus, what was his response? His response was, I I can't do that. Why? Because he loved his stuff, right? So when Jesus is dealing with finances in your heart about giving, it's not that God doesn't want you blessed. He has no problem with you being blessed. Okay. The problem is that you worship the money instead of worship him, you worship things instead of him. It's a hard issue. Do You see what I'm saying? It, that, that's the crux, so he goes, for when you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father in you. The world offers only what? Physical pleasures. We live in a time that everybody's just running after what physically makes them happy the cravings of everything they see. And I listen, I get in trouble with this. Listen, I I mean, we all scroll and I'll scroll and I'll see something, I'll be like, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Why, I'm visual, right? I see something visual and I'm like, I I gotta have it. We all struggle with this. And the pride the achievement of that I've obtained these possessions, it's a pride issue. For they're not from the Father, for they're from the world. The world is fading away. Can you hear that real quick? The world is fading away, y'all, okay? There's no hope in this world. I I promise you, if you have any shred of hope in this world, I I am am telling you, you are deeply deceived. There is no hope in this world. This world is falling to pieces by the day, okay? Because Jesus is coming back. Do not put your hope in this world. It will fail you, okay? It will fail you says the world's fading away with everything that people crave but anyone who does what what pleases the god will live forever okay the third the third set of people the last two is this adam and eve okay they knew god intimately god placed them in the garden here we go genesis chapter 2 verse 8 then god planted a garden in eden in the east, and he placed man there he had made. And the Lord made all sorts of trees to grow up around them, trees that were beautiful, that produced, produced beautiful fruit for them. We see the heart of God at the very beginning of time. God makes Adam, God makes Eve, he puts them in the garden, and then he does what? He provides everything they need. This is the heart of God. He wants to provide everything you need. He just needed them to trust them. People always go, why was there a tree? Why was there this tree in the middle of the garden they couldn't touch? It's because, listen, there always has to be a test for true love, right? The, listen, if you, you, if you really, really, really love something, there's gonna be a test to that, okay? There's gonna be a test to that, I, am I faithful to that? And what do we know? We know in chapter three verse six, the woman was convinced she saw the tree was beautiful and she looked and it looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give to give to her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it and she gave it to her husband who was there with her too. So what do we see about these four people? All of them knew God personally. Personally, can you imagine that? Can you imagine either knowing God personally or being with Jesus personally? Personally, daily, moments, time spent with them, and all of them were still what? Deceived. So, So what does that mean if all four of these people who saw God with their physical eyes knew him personally, if all these people were deceived, what should that mean to us? That should bring a deep warning to us. That should bring a deep warning to us. Of what? I have to make sure that me and my family don't get deceived by this world. I'm not gonna allow, listen, you can gain the entire world, but lose your soul? Bad day. Bad day. Bad day. John 10:10 10, 10 says the thief's purpose is to kill, kill to steal, kill and destroy. Listen, the devil hates you and he wants nothing more than what for you to not receive your eternal reward. okay? He wants to bring you to where he's at. He lost his reward. He knows that he lost. He knows his end. He knows the end of the Bible. The end of the Bible, him and all the hordes of hell are thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever. He knows where he's going and he wants nothing more than to deceive and trick you to bring you there with him. That's it. He doesn't want you to ever touch your eternal reward. So, what is your eternal reward, okay? Everybody breathe now, okay? Our eternal reward, here we go. Our forever, okay, is this. Number one, relationship with Jesus forever. (laughs) Relationship with Jesus forever. Um, I grew up with my grandparents, and um, I had this incredible relationship with my grandfather. And um, and he had this deal with me that if I clean my room to his standards, okay, not not my standards, okay, to his standards. That I like, I literally had like exact spots for like GI Joe and. Um, you know, um, every car, like I I had to clean my room perfectly. But if I did this, I knew that every Saturday I got to go to breakfast with him. He would go to breakfast with a bunch of his friends and I would get to go to breakfast with them. And then afterwards we would either go to like Toys R Us or we would go to this place called Bergner's. They sold Chicago Bulls stuff when I was growing up. We would go somewhere and I would get a reward. Now, nah, okay. My personality, I am highly motivated by rewards. going to get an amen from anybody, okay? I, I like rewards. So I had no problem doing this because I knew every Saturday I was gonna get a reward, okay? But I was thinking about this the other day. And I was thinking about it, because I did the math, from the time this started when I was six until he passed away on my 11th birthday. I did the math. I, I spent 300 Saturdays with him meaning that I got 300 rewards, okay? Now this is what's interesting. I can't remember any of the rewards but one. There's one. It's this Michael Jordan T-shirt from the 80s. I actually found it at a thrift store like a few years ago in Miami. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I found this. It's the only, only gift reward that I can remember but you know what I can deeply, deeply remember is this, the time that I spent with him. See, the reward wasn't the things. The reward was the time that I got to be with him. See, uh, when you are in relationship with somebody, it is a reward to spend time with that person. Can I get an amen? All the married people, all of you have great friends, you know this, that life is busy and time is valuable, and the time that you get to spend with that person is a great reward, okay? So listen, when I say your reward is relationship with Jesus forever, is this, I can't wait to be in the glory in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. (laughs) Amen, come on. It's a reward. It's a reward for the for being faithful in this season, being trusting in this season. Psalms chapter 27 verse four says, one thing I've asked the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life. Listen, that's a reward. I can't wait to spend my forever with him, to gaze upon his beauty, to delight in his loveliness, his majestic gander of the Lord, and to meditate in his temple. That is the reward, that's reward number one. Reward number two is this, okay? It's mansions, look at your neighbor and say mansions, yeah. Say mansions, yeah, okay? Come on, you listen, come on, do it with it. Say mansions, yeah, come on. I know you're all so cool when you come to church, okay? All right. Sorry. I'm like a kid. Yes, I am. I'm pretty geek. Me and Ben were having this conversation the other day. I was talking about mansions in heaven, and he was like, wait, wait. He's like, I get a mansion? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He was super motivated about that conversation afterwards, okay? Super motivated, all right? John chapter 14, verse one, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. He says this, I go to prepare a place for you. What's he talking about? He's talking about Jewish wedding language. Okay, when they would get married, the husband would leave for a year and go and prepare a home for his bride, okay? Jesus goes back to the Father and is preparing many mansions. For who? For us, his bride, when he comes back to marry us, okay? Amen. So we get a reward, listen, what is God telling you? What's Jesus telling you? He is a God who rewards, amen? And in this series, we're gonna talk more about this idea that it's not just mansions, that there are rewards, eternal rewards for what we do here on earth for his glory. Amen? But he says, listen, you get a mansion. So me and Ben were having this conversation. He's like, Dad, what kind of mansion are you gonna have? But I said, I know exactly what kind of mansion I'm gonna have, okay? I said, on one side of my mansion is gonna be ocean beachfront property, okay, okay? on another side of my mansion is going to be lake property. I'm gonna have a lake, okay, all right? Jet skis, boats, everything, okay? I said, on the other side of my mansion is gonna be beautiful golf course, okay? And then I said, on the back side, it's gonna be the mountains. I'm just gonna have everything, Ben, okay? Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? Why do I say this? Because God knows the desires of my heart. I may never have those things here on earth. Why? Because I'm living for him. I could live for myself. I, pr- I promise you, I'm a smart guy. I could make a lot more money than what I do here. Yeah. I'm just telling you. I, I got offered, when, when I was, this was 14 years ago, I got offered a job at Stryker, the number one medical supply company in the world, okay? They, my base, my base pay was gonna be 130 my base pay, starting off. I gotta live for myself, right? I'm not living for myself. I'm living for the day that I see Jesus. But he's a rewarder. He knows the desires of my heart. He knows that I love the ocean. He knows I love golf courses and mountains and lakes. Amen? He's a rewarder. God's good. He's gonna reward you. The third thing that God is gonna give you is this, in your eternal reward is this, new bodies. New bodies. Can I get an amen for new bodies, okay? Now listen, if you perfectly love your body, good for you. Okay, I, listen, listen, I, I bless you, I, I'm, I'm for you, I promise you I'm not against you, okay? But I promise you when I pop this shirt off, I don't always see the glory of God, okay? <laughs> to be honest with you, okay? But someday, I will pop this shirt off and see the glory of God, right? Because I will have a renewed body just like who? Like Jesus. Jesus had a glorified body. I'll show it to you, okay? Luke chapter 24, verse 36. And just as they were talking, Jesus himself suddenly appeared among them. He said, peace be with you. But the whole group was startled and frightened They thought they were seeing a ghost. Here we go, we got ghosts, okay? They thought he was a ghost. Why? They couldn't recognize him. He was in his glorified body. Remember when they went to the tomb and they thought they were talking to the gardener and they said, where have you taken Jesus, our Lord? Where have you put his body, take us to it? And he's he's going, I'm here. You're talking to me. I'm it right now, okay? Verse 38, it says this, why are you frightened, he asked? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands, look at my feet. Can't you see it's really me? Jesus is going, I'm not a ghost, okay? I'm not a spirit, okay? I'm, 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 I'm raised from death back to life and I have a glorified body, but it's still me, okay? Says this, touch me, make sure that I'm not a ghost, okay? Isn't that interesting that Jesus is talking about ghosts? You're like, oh, ghosts are real? Yeah, ghosts are real. What are they? They're just demons. Hey, let me give you some heads up too. I know, oh man, I shouldn't do this. Oh, I shouldn't do this, okay? All this UFO stuff you see, it's real. It's demons to deceive people, to trick people. Where do you think they're gonna? What are they gonna say when millions of people are raptured off the planet? Right? They gotta have a plan, right? Do you know our government has a plan for that? It's called the aliens. It's all there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Woo! Man, y'all are like where are we going, Pastor Jeff? I'm like, oh, I, the Bible talks about this stuff. It says this: ghosts don't have bodies. You see that I do, the King James Version says this, for spirits don't have flesh and bones as I do. And he spoke to them, and he showed his hands and his feet, and then they were still in disbelief, so he says, hey, do you have any food? So they gave him a piece of fish and honeycomb, and they watched him eat it. Well, what does this tell us? We're gonna have a glorified body just like Jesus, okay? Perfect body no more pain, no more suffering, no more getting old, right? But you know what else is cool about the glorified body? You can eat, okay? Like I can't wait to eat in heaven, right? Like I'm super excited. Like I'm so like, you know, how many of you know that like I have a really sensitive palate and like I don't like a lot of things? I'm gonna like everything in heaven, okay? It's gonna be great, I promise you, all right? Like, I'm excited about that. But what else do we know about the glorified body? Jesus just appeared. Meaning what? We'll just appear places. Appear in what? Like the the new Jerusalem, that's 14,000 miles wide. How are we gonna get to one end to the other? How are we gonna get to other places? We're just gonna transport just like Jesus did. What else do we see about Jesus in his glorified body? He ascended back into heaven, he flew. We'll fly people. You all look at me like, Jesus did? So will we. Listen, I know like you're all grown and you're like, oh, I don't care about flying. Good for you. I want to fly. I want to be like Superman. Okay. Listen, this glorified body thing is going to be awesome. It's a reward. Most scholars say that we're gonna be all 33 years old, just like Jesus when he died. Glorified bodies, okay? Ray, you can come on up. Point number four is this, your last reward. No hell, no lake of fire. No hell, no lake of fire. If we're what? Not deceived. Can't get deceived. Nothing breaks my heart more. And I mean, I've experienced I've been in ministry for 23 years now than people who once professed Jesus, loved Jesus, live for Jesus, but they got deceived and now they've renounced Jesus. It's the saddest thing. Jesus talks about this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But those who do my will of the Father will. So we believe in Jesus and then we do what? We do his will. We do good works for him and his kingdom. We lay our lives down for him. Verse 22, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name That's interesting, that means that's somebody who really knew the Lord, had the Holy Spirit, they prophesied in the name of the Lord. They said, cast out demons in your name. It's pretty strong language. Have you ever cast out a demon? You know, I've had one moment where I was like, wow, I was in a moment like that, and I had to cast out a demon. I promise you, I'm like, that's not something I look forward to like on a daily basis, okay? said, so cast out a demon in your name, done many wonders in your name. So Jesus is talking about born again, saved people, living for him who did these things in his name Right? And then Jesus says this, and then I declare to them, I never knew you. (laughs) Wow. This is really strong language. Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart. Depart where? Heaven. Your name isn't in the book of life. Your residence in eternity is not heaven. He says, depart, you who practice what? Lawlessness. Matthew 24, verse 13. But he who endures, read the words correctly. But he who endures, to the what? To the end. He who makes it to the end, not he who sprints. Not he who got saved and ran really hard for a hot minute, but then the enemy came in and deceived and tricked and and took their hearts back. But he who endured to the end shall be what? Saved. On what? That day when you stand before the Lord, because you endured. Please, 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 please. Do not be deceived in this idea of once saved, always saved. Don't. Don't let it rob you. The grace of God is amazing. I love the grace of God. It's the grace of God that saves me and makes me righteous, makes you righteous. It's the grace of God that seats me in heavenly places. It's the grace of God that changes my life. But it's also the grace of God that changes me to become more like Jesus day by day by day. Don't be deceived. And if you're not deceived, what is your reward? He will say, Well done. Good. And what, what's the word he uses? He uses, yes, yes, yes. Faithful. Faithful, meaning what? You endured. Endured what? What did you endure? When the world told you you were an idiot for following Jesus? Listen. Everybody look at me, I promise you, I don't know how much time we have left, I don't think we have a lot left, but I promise you in in the days, the months, the years to come, it will become harder and harder to follow Jesus in this day and age. It will, people are going to come at you. The demonic, listen, I, I saw a video the other day, this atheist made a video, he said, He said, I I totally didn't believe in heaven and hell. I didn't believe in anything. But he said, the level of evil that has risen up in the last few years, I came to the realization that there is evil and there is good. And I wanna be where there is good and not where there's evil. You can see it in the earth. They're gonna hate you. They're gonna hate, listen, they hate, they hate. I promise you, I promise you I'm on some kind of list in this country for what I believe. I promise you. You don't think they're watching what I say, what I'm teaching you? They hate it. They hate it. And they'll hate you. But if you'll endure to the end, you will stand before your Lord and he will go, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come into your joy. Come into your reward. Amen? Amen. 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 Come on, stand up with me. I want you to close your eyes. I want to. I just want to pray for us today. In the name of Jesus, I speak to the deceiver, the spirit of deception that is in the earth right now, and I bind you in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus upon their minds and their hearts. Wonderful Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and reveal Jesus on a daily basis. Reveal His goodness, reveal His love, reveal His mercy, reveal His kindness, reveal His joy, reveal His peace, reveal Jesus. I wanna give you the opportunity right now, if you feel like I've I've been deceived in some areas of my life, to just repent right now. Say, Lord, I'm I'm sorry, I've been deceived. I've been walking in unforgiveness. I've been walking in pride. I've been walking in ego. I've been walking in the pleasures of this world. I've been been deceived. The Bible says "If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us forever. Lord, I release grace to our people, Lord. Grace to go through this life, grace to endure, grace to have the strength to get through to the other side. Lord, I thank you that we're not going through this alone. Just as the disciples were on the boat and they were going to the other side and they got caught in the middle of the storm and you came and you were right there with them and you calmed the storm, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you're with us, Lord, that you go through this life with us and you calm the storms and you bring peace and you bring grace and you bring joy. Now, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus for just a joy to come upon us right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that we have no fear in our eternity. Our eternity is set because we believe in you. We put our hope in you. We put our trust in you. We live for you. And so Lord, I thank you for the great joy that we have of our eternal reward, knowing you, being in relationship with you, spending eternity with you, the joy of knowing you, Jesus. We thank you that our firm foundation is you, Jesus and you alone. We thank you for peace and grace in that. We worship you. We honor you. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Can we get it up for Jesus and his word and his truth?